0: We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch.
1: So today is Father's Day, and after um, Tim shares, I will be sharing a a short message following his testimony. Um, But really, today is a a big day um, for Tim. Uh, Around four years ago, uh, Tim and the Wang family... um, went through something that they never um, thought that they would need to encounter um, in their lifetimes. And um, it was a very tough journey that we went on with them as a church and we prayed with them and just went through a, a really, um, yeah, I suppose, a dark journey in many respects. And it was really tough. And of course, journeyed with Tim over the last couple of years and we knew this day would come where uh, Tim would tell the story. Uh, for many of you who are part of St Martin's C3, you'll be familiar um, with this journey that we've been on. Uh, some of you are new and this will be all new to you, so Tim will give you a bit of a background as to uh, all the events that happened, but we wanted Tim to share the story today. There might be a few tissues, uh, do, do people need tissues today? Maybe. <laughs> you might laugh, you might cry. Um The important thing that you need to hear today is um, that this is one family's journey of uh, trusting in each other, uh, trusting in God, and so may it inspire you, may it challenge you. Uh, Give a big hand to Tim as he comes and shares with us today, be great. Uh, When
0: does a jet die when does a dad joke, well, I'll start again. When does a joke become a dad joke? It No, it's obvious. It becomes apparent. Good groans. That that means I succeeded in a dad joke. Morena now My name is Tim. Uh, good morning, church. Um, Warren approached me a couple of weeks ago and said, Tim, could you share? And... I was looking at that, and it was actually coming up to the anniversary of two years since my wife passed away, and I was like, let me do that first, and then I'll consider this, so I said yes, and then as you do when um, when the Lord actually prompts you, you you go through the gambit of emotions, you say, yes, I'm going to do it, and then you go, no, what have I done, and then you go, yes, I'm going to do it, and then this morning I was like, yes, and now I'm not so sure, so... But um, it's going to be good because I sent an email to Warren on Thursday with my um, notes and how long it's going to take and he hasn't received that yet and he sent me a text yesterday saying how's it going and I only received that this morning. So buckle up. So the theme for today is Kia Kaha, be strong. Our story will demonstrate this quality as I share our adventure. Josie andushka, Toby, and I have been on the last five years. It's actually been five years now, just as I was been reflecting. So late 2015, my dear wife Eugenie, uh, she started displaying some strange behaviors. So forgetting things, you know, not being able to start tasks, not being able to complete tasks. And she was randomly vomiting and we were just concerned and you know, we thought, okay, um, Toby was one at this stage, she's really tired. Ty- oh, no, he was only about nine months, he's really tired and life and was busy, we're coming up to the Christmas holidays. And we were just thinking, Yeah, we just need this break. And so we we even thought we might have been pregnant because it's a random vomiting, but we took the tests and they were negative. I was a bit disappointed really, but um but in, in hindsight, thankfully, yeah. So, so we went on holiday and it was going to be a camping holiday at Nelson. We were going to stay up there for three weeks in the caravan and we'll, we're, we're ready. And so, oh my Lord, that was a, a series of unfortunate events. So my concern was growing for Eugenie. And at that same time, um, my kids decided to um, collect knits from school. And so we had pink eye. And um, my children will still um, remind me of the time where I went down to the warehouse and got some clippers and all gave them haircuts. Yes, so the photos of there, so Josie swears never that I can't even touch her head again. But um, a few months and nothing, it was all good. But we got on top of that. And so... So, the concern was growing, and we decided to qu- um, finish the holiday early. And so, we came home early in January, and this is when it's, things started ramping up. We booked in to see the GP, and we started ruling out things that it wasn't. Eugenie had suffered from depression many years ago, and so we thought, oh, well, let's try the medication. Nothing. After several weeks and trying all sorts of things, it came to January the 20th, and we went to see the GP, and Eugenie's eye started to move by itself. The doctors left the room, made some phone calls, there was a flurry of activity and we were referred to A&E for a scan. So the children were um, whisked away and Eugenie and I went down to A&E and she got a CAT scanned. And you know it's not good when the doctor comes in through the curtain, closes the curtain, pulls up a chair, sits down and starts the conversation with unfortunately. I was holding Eugenie's hand, and I gently squeezed it. The sensation was of falling. There was a numbness. I have to stress that there wasn't any fear at this point. Disbelief in the situation, absolutely. The next few weeks were crazy, with doctor's appointments and trying to get more scans and having operations for biopsies, and um, we found out last time it, multiformis. Essentially, it's the worst of the worst. The doctors gave us a course of action. You know, estimate, estimated timelines were given to us, and wow, what a whirlwind of emotions, feelings, language, adjustments and readjustments. In all this flurry, there was still no fear. Six months was the number given to us, and we were in February, and the doctors said Christmas was highly unlikely. I was able to care for Eugenie and the children since then. You know, I was able to finish up my work and just with you know, the Lord's provision and um, lovely family and support around it, I was at, I've been at home ever since. We've all heard of a bucket list, but we had an effort list. Um, yeah, because it rhymed with bucket. Um, Eugenie was concerned about finances and how much things would cost. I was of the mind and experience that my Lord would provide. We went to Cirque du Soleil Well, watching, we ate out very nice restaurants, bought us a wee convertible that she always wanted, a little Triumph Herald. We were able to sneak a trip into Melbourne um, between medical procedures, and so we were going to great concerts. Eugenie would always ask me, but Timmy, how much does that co- cost? And I'll reply, ah, we'll put it on the list. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't all party balloons and unicorns. This was extremely difficult, to be juggling time with my children, time for the children to be with their mother, and medical procedures, radiation, me becoming a pharmacist and nurse, visiting nurse maud palliative care training. This was a time of extreme pressure emotionally and spiritually. I shall remind you again, there was no fear. The way Eugenie faced this time, as those who knew her can testify, was nothing short of a miracle. Such strength, poise and peace. We had to talk through some of the most difficult subjects possible. Where would you like to be buried? Who would you like to speak at your funeral? Would you like to die at home? Yeah, some things you don't really think of when you do your um, marriage vows. But yeah, oh my goodness. So we face these, we always face difficult situations in our lives with peace, power and patience. That power here is the strength that we have through God. We have drawn on this power all through our married lives. Eugenie so wanted to see um, Toby start school. Thankfully, Toby is able to remember his mum, and that is such a gift. And we have, a, have had a gift of two years and seven months before Eugenie died at home two years ago. We're just are so blessed to have had that time. Well, wait a minute, this is about Father's Day, and how does this tie in with being a great dad? Well, we started with kia kaha, to be strong. Um, where do I draw my strength from? I draw it chiefly from the Lord, as he is my strength. Our family scripture is from Joshua, and not only does it say it once, twice, but three times, to be strong and courageous, and the third time it says very courageous. I also draw strength from my children, Eugenie and I on the outset made a decision to make our children stronger and not to break them. You always hear the statistics of um, when um, something life-threatening or quite significant in life, people tend to split. And so I was determined not to do that. We were able to do this from facing the difficult situation together. We included the children in all aspects of the journey from the lovely to the absolute difficult. Anushka would come to radiation treatments, consultations, and um, there was no closed-door conversations. Proper medical terms were used. The biggest gift I gave to our family was time. I was present and involved not only in caring for my wife, but meeting the children's needs as well. I was able to be involved with them in all school activities, school activities, camps, sports, shopping for their friends' birthday parties and taking them to appointments. So many teeth to be checked. Time is the best gift you can give to any child. I am fun and I do love an adventure. It doesn't have to be a great expensive adventure. Building a hut with the kids in the lounge, having dinner picnic in front of the TV, having banana splits for breakfast. Being purposeful with time and your children shows them how much you care for them. And that's the time where you really figure out how the kids tick. Josie loves people and um, time together. We've been watching lots of TV um, um, recently to much disgust to Anushka because she can't get to watch those shows. But we have some really deep conversations and it's really, really good. And Anushka, she loves snuggles and crafting, and she can whip up a horse out of um, used shopping bags and newspaper. It's amazing. And I have um, ripped off many a um, roll of sellotape to help her. Toby, he can chat for hours on end. That boy, I was. We did a trip up to the North Island, all the way up to Whangarei. Um, we left um, Plymouthton, and it was ten hours in the saddle. Anushka and Josie slept most of the way, Toby talked the whole flippin' way. I was like, I was like, after about six and a half hours, I was like, Lord, let him sleep. I actually had to pull over and get a V so I could stay awake. So, yep, I've been working for years how to project calmness in all situations. I'm exuberant and fun to be around. But I've learned that from my many failures in this situation, that calmness diffuses a situation much better than jumping and guns blazing. (laughs) So I don't always get this right. We joke about this in our family when Tourette's dad pops up sometimes that's when I don't quite get it right and have a bit of an outburst. So this reminds me, it was only several weeks after Eugenie passed away and I was all being calm, trying to get the children into school and Anushka and Toby, and they were just at it. Oh my gosh. And I just, I got them in the car and I just lost it. What the bleep? Do we don't do the bleep. And I was just like, ah! And Anushka calmly looks at me and goes, we don't say that in this family. So I responded by starting to cry. (laughs) This brings me to the point where your children need to see us being vulnerable. You know, seeing me being vulnerable as a person. Men are not meant to be tough and together all the time. It's not possible, nor is it healthy. I've learned humility and vulnerability. Vulnerability. Nothing teaches you that better than to apologise to your children for something that you would not accept from them. Eugenie and I often talked about how we were raised. We certainly have done it differently from our parents, and we wanted to be great parents. So our goal was always to make good citizens, not just in the global sense, but in a Christian sense as well. Eugenie was always upskilling us by reading and attending courses, were actually making me go along to them. But I always reluctantly um, had to apologise because they were generally really, really good. We would seek out parents that we thought were doing a good job and pick their brains. Don't worry, you won't get it right all the time. And you can teach old dogs new tricks. The key here is to suck up your pride and make a change. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a drastic change. And generally, it's just a small change, and it actually changes your heart. You may have noticed that several times I have mentioned that there wasn't any fear thus far. Well, I have to admit that there is something that brings fear to my heart, and I'm constantly praying about it, and that's raising teenage girls. (laughs) Yeah, you laugh. I had to laugh and cry here at this stage. It was only time that I've actually been angry at God since um, she was diagnosed. Diagnosed. Now, this is where I show you some skills at being a good dad. I've had a great story here, a great illustration that was going to just describe my situation so perfectly, but I thought, hmm, might be a bit sensitive, so I actually asked Josie if I could share the story, and it was an emphatic no. So, uh, yeah... Um but I hopefully, yeah, that was that case closed. But um, hopefully, well, actually, the episode of me being angry only lasted a few seconds. It was me going, ah, why, and then sorry, and actually carrying on with the situation. Yeah, um, so when I look at that, it was actually it was dealt much better with sensitivity than actually being um, bringing anger into the situation. So part of being a good dad is being there in all situations, the good parts and the real bad parts. I really pray that when the children have difficult times that they'll come to me first. I'm trying to foster at home. If I don't know how to deal with it or I don't know the answer, let's find somebody who does or who's who's somebody who can help. This has been extremely important for us to surround ourselves with wonderful women to help me. you know, We've got grandmothers, and we've got aunties and a multitude of friends. We've got lovely leaders who, like Ignite and, and things like that that have just been magic. These wonderful women are not here to replace you, Shani, but they're here to support my girls. I have upskilled and now I can make my skin crawl, but now I can actually appreciate. I can sit on conversations about horses and breeds for hours on ends. I've learned more about dinosaur names than I know what to do with. There was this great illustration that was um, given to me. It was, um, this is um, amount of knowledge and of dinosaurs and um, how old you are. So at about four to five, the amount of knowledge about dinosaur is up here. And so when you get to about uh, 20 and you are doing your PhD in paleontology, it's about here. And then when you're about 40 and your son is um, learning about dinosaur, your knowledge is about here. I thought, yeah, that's quite apt, actually. So being a parent is such a delicate balancing act. I want to protect them, but I don't want to control or stifle them. I much rather they made a mistake and come with me than to try and control the situation and for them to sneak around behind my back. I, I did this as a child and I can see the potential for this in my children. And I reflect and my brain is saying, stop, you've got to stop this to protect them. But my heart's telling me you've got to allow it so that they can learn. So this brings me to trust. I'm such a trusting person naturally and this translates directly to my trust in the Lord. I'm able to trust him in my life and the adventure that we have been on in the last five years. This, this adventure has made Him tr- me trust him even more. When there are two of you parenting, you have a buddy when you drop the ball or, fill, or help fill in the gaps. When you're doing it by yourself, you need to trust God that He has your best interest at heart and your children's. I've experienced this many times when I feel I've failed, but he reminds me of the work we've put into the children so far as paying off. One of my children got themselves in a bit of a pickle. They came to me and I I approached the situation calmly. But inside, I was screaming. I wanted to throw devices away and go into, uh, throw the device into the rubbish and start a tirade that this child will remember into her ni- into the nineties. I really praise the Lord and I thank His wisdom that I didn't do that. And we were able to negotiate this situation with love and grace. This was tough for both of us, but done well. And they came away. Um, oh. And the child came to me. This was of great significance and great encouragement to me. Is this hard? (sighs) Extremely. But I thank God it hasn't been horrible. Parenting has been the best thing that I've ever done and the most rewarding. It's also been the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And I still have a lot to learn and to do. I know this is not a biblical But that's a great motivator. I don't want to mess this up, this dad business up, and break the children. Otherwise, Eugenie will come back and haunt me. Now, humility ability to be strong and courageous for my beautiful children. Kia kaha, be strong.
1: I hope, Tim, that um, just sharing that today has, um, is part of the healing journey that uh, that God has got you on. And we will continue to pray for you and, and your family. And from my observation, um, just personally, let me say this, Tim, I think you're a wonderful husband and you're a really great dad. Yeah. Um, the reason I wanted Tim to share what he shared today is... To show that as you choose to put your trust in God, as you choose to remain calm, as he says, through those difficult situations, God meets you in that place. And uh, it's interesting that, um, just to (laughs) explain how this week has gone, not only is Tim and I um, not connected when we should have over the week on pulling this together, um, but I had a different scripture that I was going to share on and then um, around about Thursday, not looking at Tim's email but just spirit prompting, I felt to change the scripture and the scripture I came back to was Joshua chapter 1, so there you go uh, So let's have a look at Joshua chapter 1 which is the scripture that um, Tim referred to as the family scripture It says this, oh, now, a little bit of context um, this is at a time where the nation of Israel, God's people, were um, being they'd been left Egypt and they'd spent 40 years in the in the wilderness, under the leadership. Of Moses, and Moses had heard from God, was a strong leader, and um, just very clearly followed God's direction on the large part, except for a, a few major mistakes, um, which prevented Moses from going with the people into uh, what is now we know as Israel, or the Promised Land it was then called. And Joshua, who was um, uh, kind of the protege to Moses, was then left with the mantle to take up. Um, the leadership of this nation, and lead them um, into the battles that were going to go, that were going to be in front of them. Probably the biggest challenge that Joshua was ever going to face in his lifetime. And so God comes and speaks to uh, Joshua and reassures him and says this, Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And then in the Māori translation, if you read it, the words there are literally kia kaha, be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Kia kaha, be strong and Kia kaha. Third time he reinforces it. Be strong and very courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua makes this choice. Tim made that choice. I pray that you all make this choice. That in whatever circumstances life throws at you, and sometimes there are some pretty big curveballs. That whatever life throws at you, you choose to stay strong. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you. He is faithful to you. Joshua was being reminded here by God that God was at work ahead of him. He was at work in him and he was at work all around him. He was with him. And isn't it so powerful to have someone close to you to say, look, I'll be there for you. I'll be your strength. We will get through this. And imagine that that person is God, the God who created the universe, the God who has all resources at his disposal. And if he's giving you this promise that he will be with you, that's a pretty big deal. That is a really, really big deal. So Joshua is able to stay strong, and on the, on the most part he does. Again, like Moses, he makes a few mistakes. But on the whole, he does a pretty good job of leading Israel for the next um, journey as they go into Canaan. But he was able to stand strong. Why? Because he knew this promise. He knew in his heart that God would be with him. And this truth is reiterated in a New Testament book by uh, the name of book of Hebrews. And the author of Hebrews, in Hebrews 13, verse 5, says, Never will I leave you or forsake you. And the context here in Hebrews 13 is a culture where he's, the is saying to Christians, Hey, when you live in the world around you, there'll be pressure. There'll be pressure to change your values. There will be pressure to give in and just go along with what the world has to offer. But if you stay true to God, if you stay in relationship with Him, if you follow His laws, if you value what God values, as you worship Him, as you put Him first, you will stay strong. If you stay strong, you will know His presence, you will know His empowerment. God will be at work in you and around you. You know, uh, I was thinking about this during the week, how um, frustrating it must be. I, I, I now start to appreciate this as I get a bit older. But for our wives and our kids to watch us dads think that we are DIY heroes and we're like DIY zeros, okay? You know, but, but, we, but we just don't want to admit it, do we? Do we? You know, us guys, we, we just launch into a project and think, and I could give you a lot of examples of this over my life, but I launch in, and I think, oh yeah, I've got this. You know, no worries, you know, it's all good. I've seen it on TV, it'll be fine. And hey, there's always a YouTube clip if I really get stuck. Um, so you know, we launch into these projects and once we've made the big mistake and, and you're just hoping that your wife doesn't see it, and you're trying to think, how do I cover this up? And you just, and as Tim was saying, if we just had that humility, if we just had a bit of vulnerability to go, actually, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> and maybe we should get it a tradesman and actually do this properly, you know. But have a think about this. Just as you start to appreciate how frustrating it is when someone's just doing their own thing and not asking for help. How often God must feel like that when he watches our lives? We're, it's not, not just dads, but for all of us here, when we leave him out, when we just go, I've got this. I can live my life. I, I know how to do it. I can do it without you, God. Thank you very much. I'm good. And he's just watching us make all these mistakes and going, oh, come on. If you'd just let me in, just give me permission, just let me help. That's what I'm there for. So the question that I'd put to all of us here today is this. What do you need to admit to and say, yeah, God, I need your help? Not just things where it's obvious that you've come to the end of your resources and you're just not going to overcome or you're not going to be successful in that area of your life, but maybe it's the whole way you're looking at your life. Maybe today's the day that you need to put up your hand and say, I surrender. I've actually been doing it my way all my life, but actually it's not the best way. God, I need you. My encouragement to you, the the message for all through this morning, the Lord your God, for he is with you. He will not let you down. He is faithful and true the question that you need to ask today is, will you let him in? Will you let him in and help you be a great parent? Will you let him in and help you be the person that he's called you to be? Will you let him in and admit that you need to live his way and not your way? If you want to have That conversation, if that's a journey that you want to go on today and want to know what it looks like to have that sort of relationship with God, we'd love to have that conversation with you. Come and talk to John T or me or Claire if you're upstairs. We'd love to have that conversation with you after the service. But for all of us, we all have to admit that even if we know that God is true, even if we know that he is faithful, We still have times where we go and we do our own thing. May today be the day that we just come before God afresh and we say, God, I give it all to you. I trust in you. I will be strong in your strength because I know that you'll never let me down. I know that you won't forsake me. And remind yourself again of how faithful he has been to you over many, many years, many, many times. And whatever you're facing today, let him in. Let him meet with you today.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.